When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Score North on AM 1500 KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP FM St. Paul HD2 and on scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. And welcome to Purple Daily on the all-new Score North. Score North on AM 1500. It's Zolgad. It's Matthew Collar. It's Viking Conversation. And you know what, Matthew Collar? This is going to surprise you. But I'm going to start off today's show by sort of uh, turning the tables on the normal Zolgadian way. And I'm going to present you with this thought. Because there's been a lot of talk by us, and I think it's very justified and very fair, but in recent weeks, including yesterday, about moves that the Vikings are trying to make or have not made or things that seem like they might not go right. And I think the trend of those conversations have taken us in a direction where it sounds like we are continually saying, this team's going to win about four games or five games. So given where things stand right now, let's back up a little bit. And starting with you, let's give our thoughts on the current state of of the franchise by going outwards with, with our scope. And instead of instead of talking about, well, just the tight end or is uh, Rhodes going to be traded, what is your outlook right now or feeling as you look at this team currently constructed going into the 2019 season? Well, if we're looking at just big picture, I would say that they have put together a really, really talented team over a number of years that they've built up to have this window to compete and this window sort of starts in 2015, I would say, you know, Zimmer gets hired 2014, but you kind of throw out most of that year because Matt Castle was your starting quarterback at the beginning of the season. Teddy's a rookie and you just have a new coach. You've got to build around that. But once they go 11 and five and have a maturing defense and a starting quarterback at that point, that's sort of, starting the clock of your window to win. Now, a lot of things have happened since with the quarterback position, but when you look at the way that they have built the roster through some down years and drafting some guys high and a lot of first-round picks, going back to Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, Anthony Barr, all these guys, and you build it up, you get lucky 
just pure luck with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen finding those two guys to become elite wide receivers. I mean, it is like they'll uh, tell you all day long Rick, how Rick genius is, it was, is, but it wasn't. It was pure <laughs> luck. Adam Thielen's coach at Mankato didn't even endorse him for the Vikings, and then to become an elite wide receiver is the craziest luck. But it happened, and so you've you've built up a, a team that can repeatedly year after year during this window be in the conversation for the Super Bowl, which is really an outstanding accomplishment. As much as they've gone through to still be in that conversation where I see off-season writers saying, hey, you know, watch out for the Vikings. They could be that team. And last year, to even be the team that everyone was saying Super Bowl or bust really says a lot considering when Les Frazier left, the entire roster was a, a mess. It was a disaster. To be there now says a lot about how they've built it around Mike Zimmer's vision for this team to win with defense. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, the way that they have handled some of the things, especially on the offensive side, and this includes the $84 million quarterback contract that they have, have put them in a very dicey position. It's not that they cannot win with Kirk Cousins. I get that tweet almost daily. Can't win with this guy. Can't win with him. Uh, who was it that said that? Singletary can't win with him. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah, he was. Woo. I don't think that that's. I don't think that's true. And I think that they should have one of the best defenses in the NFL again, which always gives you a chance mm-hmm. to be right there. But where they are in a really tough position, and this is what we have been critical of recently with the Kyle Rudolph situation, is they are flying with no parachute. They are walking a tightrope. I'm sure I can think of other metaphors, but if they lose anyone on the offensive side, they're in deep trouble. Or, look, Garrett Bradbury's probably going to be good. What if he's not? I mean, Frank Ragnow last year was the top oh, center yeah, picked, no, and yeah. he had a tough rookie year. Then you're in trouble. If he doesn't step in right away, Irv isn't Smith great. would be the same. If way. Irv Smith doesn't yeah. step in right away, if you move Kyle Rudolph, if even if somebody tweaks an ankle, Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen is out for four weeks. Who's playing in these positions? Delvin Cook. I mean, you're going to ask Alexander Madison, a rookie, to step in. That won't be Latavius Murray anymore. You you could have a pro bowler step in for Delvin Cook, and you don't lose that much. But now it's a rookie and another guy from last year who ran the ball maybe five times in Mike Boone. It is so thin at every single position that if you stay healthy the whole year, yep. you can have a really good offense. But if you don't, even two injuries, uh, one on the offensive line, one at a skill position, and you are asking a lot of a quarterback who's never been able to overcome things like that. But on the March day that you signed Cousins to that uh, three-year, $84 million contract, you had to understand that, right? Because that contract... That contract essentially crippled a lot of what you, for years and years, had had the ability to do. And so, but there would have been no not seeing that coming. This is not one where where you expected the salary cap was going to go way, way, way up and it'd be fine in one year. So essentially, this was all done on purpose. Like, they've left themselves. There's things now that we look back on and say, okay, this doesn't make a ton of sense to us. But you also say organizationally, the day that you sat down and made the commitment to sign Kirk, you knew exactly what you were biting off there. And the only thing that I can think changed a little bit was that uh, Barr in March accepted the Jets' offer and then decided to come back. And that threw things off because then they said yes, 
And I think there are, as we've discussed before, a lot of teams that probably would have told Barr no. But really, there should be there should have been nothing lost in interpretation of the day that you commit that much guaranteed cash on, on a three year contract. And by the way, because of that, that contract, it's not like Brady. You can't you're not going to go to Kirk and say, why don't you be a good soldier and redo four years from now? <laughs> right. Right. He fought really hard for that yes, contract. That he con- ain't giving it up. That's a baseball contract. It's locked in. Um, so so. Your points, while all valid and good ones, also dovetail into the fact that the Vikings had to understand the day that they signed that deal exactly what they were doing. And so to be here now also can't be surprising, right? No, of like course not. Like they no. can't be saying, how are and, we left with and, with a rookie center and potentially a rookie tight end? That's the plan. This was the whole point that we kept making last year with the bust part of Super Bowl or bust. I didn't look at it as if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's going to fall apart like it did in 2010 for the Vikings after 2009 going to the NFC Championship. But things become much harder. The road becomes a lot rockier, and it's much more difficult to keep your talent around. And then age starts to play into every part of your roster. I mean, this is just how football works, right? I mean, but again, they knew that. Yeah, like, right. Like they knew that's that. where this was going. That. That, that when you signed Kirk Cousins, you knew within two years there was going to be a handful of players that might not be as good as they were. And this even goes for Harrison Smith, who I think is a Hall of Famer, but. He's not going to be what he was in 2017, more likely than not, once you get into this age. And for a lot of us, we think, well, I mean, this guy hasn't been around that long. I remember it wasn't too long ago when he was a rookie. That's football for you, though. If it's not Ed Reed or Tom Brady, you're probably not talking about guys being that effective into their 30s. Kyle Rudolph keeps telling everybody in the world, like, I'm in the best shape of my life and I have a lot of tread left on these tires. Realistically, you don't. It's probably three or four years for him because he's been healthy over the last four seasons. But I'm thinking of Xavier Rhodes. I'm thinking of Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph. I mean, these guys, none of them were what they were in 2017 Mm -hmm. last year. And we saw with even uh, Brian Robison how quickly someone can go from, wow, 2016, B-Rob had a great season. By 2018, he's cut. I mean, this is how the NFL works. So when they signed... Kirk Cousins to that contract, they knew that they were playing with fire there and that 2018 better work, and it didn't. Mm -hmm. So now they're left with a roster that absolutely has the talent to be there, but so many more question marks than they would have had even a year ago. All right, I'm going to ask you this question because to me this comes back to to being the biggest one, given the current circumstances, I can't answer and I don't know why. Anthony Barr comes back. All right. He's a good player. He comes back, and and yes, he takes less from you than he was going to get from the Jets, but it's still a pretty significant contract. Why is Everson Griffin still here? And as as Kyle fights for his deal or or gets let go or gets traded, uh, and and you say to yourself, okay, if Irv Smith doesn't work, you're in trouble. And and yet you have defensive ends who definitely beyond. Griffin can can provide you with pressure. I understand the depth of having Griffin at right end is nice, but I keep coming back from a business football standpoint to this question: Why wasn't he just cut? And I can't answer it. Well, I mean, this is why somebody asked me on another radio station that called me to talk about you know these trade rumors and stuff like that. They asked to to put kind of percentages on who would be out of here. Could they, could they trade Waynes? Could they trade Rhodes? Could they trade Rudolph? 
And I keep coming back to Mike Zimmer on all these. And I know that he likes all these guys. Rudolph is a veteran player and has been with him the entire time here. Now, this is interesting. Okay, so wait. What has happened here? The Vikings just announced that they have signed Garrett Bradbury. Well, then Kyle Rudolph might be packing. So what's the other thing that has happened to allow them to sign Garrett Bradbury? Because at the last look at the salary cap, yep. they needed like a million and a half to sign Garrett Bradbury at least, maybe a little bit more. Have you p- picked up on the last three shows that I believe we've done? Had breaking news each I've time. had breaking Vikings news each time. I'd like to think the Vikings are clearly now adhering to the fact of the Purple Daily schedule. Yes, thank you. So Bradbury has signed. So something. So now what? So something has changed. So today, we could have, even within the next number of minutes here we could have something else coming that goes along with Garrett explain Bradbury. this to me right now the salary as of right now you can do this deal and exceed the cap correct i don't think you can okay. no once i thought you, you couldn't no, at this time I, of year i don't believe you can once you get to the new league year you can't go over the salary cap. so a move has been made then so they've done something but is it trading kyle rudolph is it restructuring somebody's contract now that was always my bet is that they were going to restructure somebody else's contract. And it could be Kyle's contract, And it it could be. They might have signed him to an extension here that they're going to announce. But something else has to be coming now that they've announced Garrett Bradbury is signed. They just don't have the salary cap space to do it unless we miss something. Or unless over the cap miss something. No, you're right. Even the NFLPA put out their list of how much cap space, and we know exactly how much a contract is going to be for for the rookie, So somebody has had a deal restructured. Now, I will say this, Judd. Mm -hmm. If they signed Kyle Rudolph to a contract extension, if they got him to agree to an extension that lowers his cap hit, um, good job. I I know that people do not love Kyle Rudolph as a tight end, but I started to go through the list yesterday. And and I'll just go through them and tell uh, tell me if there's more tight ends than this that are better than Kyle Rudolph. Zach Ertz is better. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Yep. Maybe Eric Ebron. Yep. He's in the next le- he's in that next list. He's in that next list. Uh, now now that uh Rob Gronkowski is retired, there's like four guys who are clearly better than Kyle Rudolph. So if they signed him to an extension here to make this cap room, then I I would say good. I think that they that they thought for sure that, that if they went to him with a restructure, he would take it. Because his he and his wife are involved in the community here, they love being here. I think the Vikings thought that he would just take it, and I think he said, "No, I'm not going to." But that doesn't mean if, if you if you subtract him to go back to what you've been saying, you are taking a very calculated gamble that a kid can step in and do a lot of things. And by the way, we also know that in, in his offense, and make no mistake, it's his offense, Gary Kubiak loves the use of the tight end. Yes, and loves two tight end sets, yep. and they talked about that. And who's your second tight end if he's gone? And, and and even if Irv Smith just doesn't work out. I mean, when we look at Irv Smith as a prospect, you say, well, it's pre- pretty good, and he's got potential. But he runs a 4-6, not a 4-4. He's 6-3. He's not 6-6. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who's some generational tight end talent. This isn't TJ Hawkinson that they got. They didn't get the number one tight end in the draft. They got the number three. So it makes a lot more sense to me to keep 
Kyle Rudolph around, sign him to a contract extension, and have Irv Smith play multiple roles. Right. Have him just be a weapon. Just under like that H back type of thing where he could play fullback, he could play number two tight end, he could play slot receiver. He's fast enough to play slot receiver. Mm-hmm. He ran basically the same forty as Laquan Treadwell. So now what? Is it now that they've signed Garrett Bradbury, is it Kyle Rudolph? I, I think we would have heard though if Kyle Rudolph was getting traded this morning. Don't you think? I would think so, yeah. Uh the the thing too that Kubiak could certainly object to as well is, is it would be a different story, I think, if you gave him what he considered to be a good pass catching tight end and three receivers. But you're not. You're right. giving him two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so, a, that's so definitely part of he's it for gonna, me. He's going to, I think, correctly foresee the the packages that he's going to run as I've got Thielen and Diggs, right? But now you're gonna give me Treadwell and Irv Smith? Or BB, who we don't know, right? Who, by who the way, gets hurt. Played a couple games, and got hurt. Yeah. yeah. So if, if if you're Kubiak and you took probably a million plus to take this job, I'm going to fight long and hard to keep my best uh, potential personnel packages, as opposed to say, ah, oh, you know what, Zim loves his defense. That's fine because that's how previous incarnations of the Vikings offense have at times gotten into trouble. Okay, let's look at a, a couple of their options. Let's say that they did not trade Kyle Rudolph, and again, it stuck out to me. That Mike Zimmer said yesterday, I expect him to be here. Now, the general manager says stuff like that in their trades, but you know, usually Mike Zimmer is pretty straightforward with things. Yep. So if Mike Zimmer says, I expect him to be here, I put a little more weight on that, and he could get traded in the next five minutes, and I'll be wrong. But Mike Zimmer has won every one of these battles. They have not gotten rid of Everson Griffin. They have not gotten rid of Xavier Rhodes. They have not gotten rid of Trey Waynes. They did not... Uh, make any other moves on the defense to take players away from Mike Zimmer, and they brought back Anthony Barr. So why would I expect that they would, you know, cut a veteran player of his or trade a veteran player of his that he likes in Kyle Rudolph, even though he is on offense? I was going to say because he, he's on the <laughs> offensive side of the football, and that might create some problems. It, That'd be the only I reason why that, I would say. I that. think he really likes Kyle Rudolph. I sure. think he appreciates Kyle Rudolph. So let's look at other options, though. There is. A, p- a potential restructure for Riley Reef could be in the options. That's after, but that would you said that that really would be after June first. They couldn't do that right now without it being a problem, well, right? They could. Well, they could work it. They couldn't cut him right now, but they they could cut him after June first. So okay. that's their leverage. But he would know that. Sure. So a, a potential restructure for Reef would work. By the potential- way, I don't like that idea. No, I don't like cutting the left then tackle. You're taking uh, your right tackle and moving him to left no, tackle. I don't like that either. But uh, Linval Joseph is the other one, too, because if I look forward here to 2020 and what those contracts look like, yep. there's leverage. So Riley Reef next year could be cut, and they could earn $8.8 million on the cap if they wanted to. Linval Joseph, if they cut him next year, they'd earn $10 million on the cap. Mm-hmm. And even Xavier Rhodes, same thing. They would earn $8 million and have to pay four point eight. Uh, in dead cap money, those are the guys that would make the most sense to restructure their deals. Even Harrison Smith is in this conversation, too, for players where it would make some sense to restructure their contract. Or, I mean, what this team often finds a way to do is give a guy an extension, you tack on a year or two to his contract, you rework what you have now, and that player gets a little bit more guaranteed money. Uh, those are among your options, and there's also... There's a tra- there's trade options as well. The, the trade options with both Waynes and, and and the other guy too that we've not talked about for a potential trade is Laquan Treadwell. That it has been out there for quite some time 
that Laquan Treadwell if, could be traded. If they if they created the room for Bradbury by trading Treadwell, then I'm naming Spielman Sporting News GM of the Year for 2019 today when no one's played a game. I think they would have to tack on a draft pick, maybe a fifth, but I'd be or a sixth. but okay, I'd be willing to do that. Yeah. Well, and, and I can get that pick back, Matthew. If we're going down the road, prove that. You know, the compensation picks were just announced so teams would know exactly how many draft picks they're going to have for next year. Yep. And if maybe some team didn't get the compensation they were looking for, uh, then they might be interested in accepting Laquan Treadwell along with a draft pick. It could be one of those moves where it's a sixth and Treadwell for a conditional sixth. So if he catches 50 passes, then you swap sixths or something. I mean, it, no, it, it nonetheless, how much like would that. you praise the Vikings if you found out that their answer to this conundrum, which we thought would probably cost them what we consider on offense to be a key player, if their answer was a draft pick, let's yeah. say a fifth round pick, and Laquan? No, I, I think that that would be great because you're not losing anything. Yes. Laquan Treadwell was a negative player for them last year. Now, another potential option here. You remember last season where um, the Vikings cut Jarius Wright and they had a plan to bring back Jarius Wright. Mm-hmm. They also did not sign the tender for Jeremiah Searles and had a plan to bring back Searles. Neither player decided to resign because <laughs> you feel disrespected. or Tom maybe Johnson they just had, in Seattle. Maybe they just had better options. Yes. They could do that again with several players that would earn them this space. One of them is Rashad Hill, who they've liked but is a swing tackle. They could cut him and earn $2 million. Um, there, there are probably who, some other guys that you could do that bumps, as well. If, if they did Anthony that with Harris. Rashad Hill and he does not return, who bumps up on the depth chart as a swing tackle? It because was, uh, as, much, as much as Rashad Hill as a starter seemed like a non-fit to me, he actually, as a backup, is not the worst option in the world to have yeah. is depth. Uh, Aviant Collins would be the guy. Okay. He was hurt last year at the beginning of the season, never played the whole year, but they liked what they saw in him before. Um, so he would be that guy if they decided to cut Rashad Hill. The other one is Anthony Harris, but I think that that's too risky since right now he is your starting safety across from Harrison Smith. I can tell you right now, Mike Zimmer would not allow that one. No, I don't think he would either, especially since throw, he's brought Harris along. Mike would throw himself in the in the right in the tracks of that train. I mean, there are an, there are a couple more that would earn them some space. There would have to be quite a bit of finagling here, but Kevin McDermott is another one mm-hmm. where you could earn some space, but not a ton. Did you just say the long snapper? Yeah, I said the long but snapper. But they drafted one, too. Yeah, well, that's might, why I bring it up. <laughs> I mean... You and Cronin would be really PO'd, but beyond I know, that, I know. I beyond that, long, the Twin Cities would be celebrating. Long snapper competition is what I'm looking forward to in training camp. But uh, now this, it's just over the next couple hours, this is going to be really interesting. We'll find out soon, hopefully. To keep here. an eye on what happens. So, Garrett Bradbury, the Vikings' first round pick, has signed. That means something at, at uh, TCO Performance Center has changed. Somebody might be gone. We'll uh, continue to discuss next on Purple Daily. You- Phil Mackey here for Federated Insurance. Now, if you listen to the radio show, I'm a numbers guy. Here's a couple numbers that should really get your attention. 2.4 million injured and 35,092 dead. Those are National Safety Council numbers from 2015. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than just statistics. These are family members, friends, and neighbors. Distracted driving continues to be an epidemic. It could happen as easy as this. A driver approaches an intersection with a traffic light, and they become distracted reading a social media post. They run the red light and collide with another vehicle, killing the driver and severely injuring themselves. So ask yourself, do you multitask while driving? Do you ever closely follow the vehicle in front of you? 
Do you find yourself checking your phone for messages while you're driving? Well, according to the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, there are 815,000 distracted drivers on Minnesota roads at any given time. Don't become a statistic. Make it home safe today. To learn more, contact your local Federated Insurance Marketing representative. Hi, Purple Daily. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios on Score North here, AM 1500. Zolgad, Matthew Collar, Declan Goff producing, and some news today. Matthew Collar, the Vikings announcing uh, moments ago, Garrett Bradbury, their first-round pick, has signed, which is not surprising because uh, draft picks are now essentially, for the most part, just slotted in. So draft pick signing is not the big story. But what is the big story? Why don't you tell people? Well, Garrett Bradbury has been signed by the Minnesota Vikings, though they only had about $700,000 of cap space and they needed over $2 million to sign him with the slotted draft money at the 18th overall pick, which means something done happened, Judd. How's this not leaking out yet? Where's, where's Schefter? Like I know, on lunch this break? is really interesting. It's 126 in Bristol. Get off your lunch break. We know how they've made the cash. Now that makes me think, Judd, that they have just restructured somebody's contract to make the space and that we won't have a trade, we won't have a move. And I've always been in that spot that as much as it is fun to talk about trades and no one loves that more than me, and I wish there were more trades in the NFL. I wish it was like hockey where you hit the offseason and there's big trades all the time and we're talking about them. The NFL has never really been that way, and I just couldn't. I couldn't get there to have it make sense to take a weapon away from uh, Kirk Cousins. Now, mm-hmm. this could still happen, um, but they, uh, according to Courtney Cronin, they went into today with $660,000 in cap space and needed two point three to sign Garrett Bradbury. So that has to mean that they've restructured someone, they've cut someone. But if there was a trade, we would know about it. Don't you think that yes. Schefter or Rappaport well, or Tom Belisero... If, if, if Rudolph had been traded and or released, there's no way by now his agent off the record wouldn't have told someone. Definitely. No way. Definitely. Now, now, what is your observation, just the rough draft here, of what you think they probably tried to restructure him to? Because there's also a chance... I think they thought that he would be a good employee. Oh, yeah, that's great. I play. I love, the, I love it here. Sure, I'll sign. Yeah. And he said, what? Are you kidding? You took care of all these defensive guys. I'm not going to just simply take the first thing that you put in front of me. And I think the Vikings are like, whoa, you're not? What's your guess? Because I do think that a restructure of Kyle's contract was very doable. I think where the acrimony started and existed was in the fact that he he was sort of deemed by the Vikings as the patsy, so he'll just take it. And he probably said, "Oh no, it's going to have to be more. It's good. I'm going to have to see more guarantees at the end here than what you're showing." Uh huh. Yeah, that's probably what it would come down to. And now, if you look at the way that they structured Anthony Barr's contract, his cap hit for this year is not very high at all. It's only five point six million dollars for Anthony Barr, for his cap hit. So the way you can lay out these contracts, if you sign someone to an extension like Kyle Rudolph, would be to lower this year's cap hit and then have probably a later, you know, a higher cap hit in the future. Right. But what Rudolph would be looking for, more likely than not, is just guaranteed money. Which he had none how, coming. Yeah. How much do you guarantee me down the road? Mm-hmm. And if you're the Vikings... 
I think you probably are comfortable going three years with him, considering his most recent health. Four straight years of 16 games, dinged up a little bit in 2017, but aside from that, has been very, very durable throughout his second half of his career here. And you'd be probably comfortable with a couple of years tacking onto it and using Irv Smith as that number two tight end and as a slot weapon and as a fullback when you want him there. I don't know that they drafted Irv Smith to step in right away and be their starting tight end. It's just a lot to ask for a second-round tight end, and even a lot of first-round tight ends that are asked to start right away and do not succeed. there's going to be a lot here, too. Yeah, right. And, and, and there's so much pressure on everybody there to win this year. Yep. I don't know for sure if they go 8-8 eight and eight and miss a key field goal in Week 17 to... Uh, miss the playoffs or something that everyone would be fired. But I know if they go seven and nine, you're probably talking about a new head coach and a new general manager. And they know that. And they didn't, they didn't bring Kubiak on board to, to essentially submarine his chances. Correct. Like you don't pay him what he's going to make to be like, well, just make do, right. just make Let's do. take away from Let's your take offense. Away. <laughs> right. When we just brought you. So in if they went, so, so, Kyle was due to make $7 million plus in the coming season with no guarantees, and that was the last year of his contract. If they've restructured this deal, odds are what? You'd put guarantees, you'd bring the cap hit down, but put some guarantees into 2019, 2020 perhaps, and 21 tack that on, but again, have that be a non-guaranteed year? That would seem fair to me. That yeah, that's how I would look so at it. So spread that as out. well, right? You and sp- give him some it out. assured cash. And you know, there are some other guys that you could definitely look at here to rework their deals, to add on some extra years, or to just one one thing that some teams do. And New Orleans did this with Drew Brees is they translate base salary into signing bonuses, yep. which is. I mean, this salary cap is the most phony thing in the entire world when you can finagle it this much. And especially like the Vikings have Rob Brzezinski and their front office has been brilliant in the way that they have designed these contracts. And they have been for years now. Here's the dead money that the Vikings have right now. All the dead money. I'm going to read it to you. Mike Remmers, $1.8 million. Daniel Carlson, $186,000. That's all the dead money they have right now. That's unbelievable. Yes. So... There's another thing, too, that is in play with this team that is not just in terms of how they structure contracts and make sure guys do get cash. Mm -hmm. And this speaks to ownership. Now, this was the issue with Khalil Mack and staying with the Oakland Raiders is ownership knows they're going to get a windfall from Vegas, but they don't have it yet. So part of it was, can you really pay the guy the signing bonuses and the upfront money to afford them? Well, the Wilfs have had no problem being able to step up and pay these guys to make sure they get the cash right away. So even if their contract numbers are not maybe as impressive, mm-hmm. it's really about how much cash ends up in your pocket, not how impressive your total number is. Operating cash. And, yeah. And, That's, the, yes, and the Vikings have been very good at making sure these guys get money in their pocket. Yep. Um, and there's also the culture that they've created there in the locker room where guys seem to pressure each other to want to stay and win there that the remaining members of which there are many of the 2017 team feel like last year was an aberration and everything just went against them as opposed to going for them. They feel like they're still a Super Bowl team. A lot of the key leaders and players there have been around for a long time and it's a rare situation where they care about each other and they convince someone like Anthony Barr to come back 
and, and he couldn't stand the thought of leaving. And I, I think that that exists for a number of players in that locker room. That's intriguing and dicey, too, because we know that the one thing that these guys won't do or, or it's taboo to do is to mention contracts, right? Yeah. If you So players don't talk about players' contracts, and if they do, it ordinarily creates a problem. But you're right. These guys do an exceptional job, and, and I think it starts with the head coach, but they do an exceptional job of creating a a a thought of loyalty that exists internally there that a lot of teams simply don't have. A lot of teams don't have that. They they operate on, I'll get mine, you get yours, and, and if we're friends in 15 years, fantastic. But the Vikings have done a very good job, and I do think it starts with Mike, of having an expectation of let's let's keep this thing together as much as we possibly can. I don't know that they necessarily actually talk about contracts, but they create a feeling about them, and which is intriguing. And the bar, you know what? The bar story collar is incredibly rare. Like, how often do you hear about a guy who, almost never who you know is gone? Who, by the way, two years before was essentially right or wrong insulted by his coach. And he's got his chance for a payday, and he's about to go to Manhattan, basically, and play for the New York Jets. And he's like, no, I'm not going to. Now, now I will say that I've heard that story in other sports. Football-wise, I'm trying to think. You, that is not a National Football League story. It's so dangerous of a game, and careers are so short and always hanging by a thread, as we saw from Teddy Bridgewater. It can end just like that mm-hmm. on one play or one practice. And guys want to get as much money as they possibly can. If you're Paul George and the Oklahoma City Thunder, and you're saying, "Well, I can get 150 million or 190 million or something like that," well, whatever. I mean, it just doesn't make that much of a difference. I don't know how to spend that much money anyway. But with this, the numbers are much smaller when you compare what uh, ends up getting made by NFL players to these other sports, to baseball and to basketball for the highest paid players or for the the veteran players, it's usually a lot more in those sports, and it's fully guaranteed. So most guys do have the mentality of whatever it takes to get me the most money I could possibly get, and if we win, that's great. Um, but usually it has to do more with just, you know, let's make sure I get paid. So Barr coming back was totally stunning. I mean, we thought the guy was a New York Jet Locked in, huge contract. We thought the Jets overpaid, but they have a rookie quarterback, so and so do the Vikings overpay, right? And then he decides to come back for less. So I mean, that's just that's just really really surprising. So um, you know, this team does have a very unique culture to it, and when you see the way that they talk about each other, those veteran players who have been here for the entire Mike Zimmer era, it is different. That would lead me to believe that maybe Kyle Rudolph could be convinced by his teammates to sign a contract extension to stay here, and I'm sure that it would be fair, but it would also help them. And I've got to think that since we haven't heard about a cut and we have not heard about an extension by this moment, that it it has to be, or I'm sorry, a trade, that it has to be an extension. It has to be a reworking of a deal. And a restructure of a deal wouldn't be in the system quite Yet, right? Yeah. Um, so the people who the reporters who have access, right, 
through agents uh, to go into that system. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, to go into that system, and that's how they get contract agents. Um, agents, you said. Uh, yeah. Anyway, if people didn't and, know that, that's how that works. NFL but anyway. Live is on, and I don't see Shefty, so I'm just no. now flat out worried. No. Yeah. In fact, I, you know what? I'm going to pick up my phone and do a welfare well, check. Adam I think Schefter. I think it is a restructure of someone's contract. There are just too many guys that can be restructured. That that must have been what they did this morning in order to allow them to sign Bradbury because they couldn't sign Bradbury right. until they had made some other move. So that other move had I to be- have already been made. I bet you they came back on Kyle and said, all right, we'll be fair. I guarantee you they tried to win. I guarantee it. They thought to themselves, you know what? He's going to resign. His wife will tell him to. I'm serious. You know, they love it here. They do all this stuff. And then they said, oh, okay, he won't do that. And so I guarantee you that they came back to him and were fair. On your Brzezinski point, too, here's the interesting dynamic about uh, the Vikings cap situation now that they have not been in in years and in years and years. So the Vikings after 98 were in salary cap hell because they had bas- they basically started to reward veteran players for things that they had done previously. And then th- those guys got old and were significant cap hits and it didn't work. I want to say Brzezinski was brought in. Brzezinski was an executive of some sort with the Dolphins. 99, okay? And the interesting thing about where we are 20 years after that is you you think about the amount of times, and Rob has done a fantastic job, but one thing that's made his life simpler until now is I want to say, other than the very odd, peculiar 10-year, $100 million quarterback contract that they gave to Culpepper, I believe, think about this. The quarterback salary cap hit in this town has never been a problem. Favre was a series mm-hmm. of very expensive one-year contracts. So that was the price. And then and then it was done. But if you think about outside of Dante, who, by the way, held out for a day and, and then tried to get a new contract because Rob accelerated the guaranteed cash quickly. So it turned out to be like a 10-year $8 contract. <laughs> but it was called $100 million. Yeah. So... This is the first one that Brzezinski and the Vikings have had to deal with where it is a significant drain. Consistent, significant drain. No, it is. Until and now, it's the quarterback has not been a problem. Where they have been just absolutely brilliant is making sure that they had contracts that would not hurt them if they had to cut that player. And last year, Alex Boone had a little bit of dead cap. Or I'm sorry, 2017, when they cut Boone, he had a little bit of dead cap for 2017. And that was it, though. I mean, after that, there was no dead cap for Alex Boone. They make these contracts so they are usually in the player's prime where you can count on them for a couple years. And as soon as you get too far down the road, it makes it so you can get out from under it. And Mike Remmers is a good example of that, where Remmers is going to have 1.8 in dead money, which is almost nothing. Mm -hmm. And then I believe after next year, there's either very little or no dead cap with Mike Remmers. So they announced initially with Remmers a five-year deal, mm-hmm. but it was really a three-year deal. And they've been really good about figuring these things out. And as I look even forward, um, using overthecap.com, that is the website if you want to play around with the Vikings salary cap, as I'm sure some people do. Heck yeah. Uh, so Let's do it. But when, but when you look forward, I'll tell you all the guys that they could get out from under after this year if they want to. Okay. Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith. You can move on from these guys At no, and have almost no, no dead penalty, cap money. basically? Yep, if you want to. Well, yeah, they've done, they have done a great job. That, that takes those guys into their 30s, so yep. if they start to fall off, O'Reilly Reef is in that conversation, too, with $4.4 million of dead cap. But, I mean, that, that just kind of shows you 
how well they have set these things up. So it wouldn't surprise me at all Mm -hmm. if they went to somebody and they did do this two years ago with Linval and Everson Griffin, where they re-signed them to contract extensions. Yes. Remember their contracts weren't up and it was like, and they re-signed Griffin. You guys are signing extensions, huh? That's odd. Well, what that usually is, is to reduce the current cap hit, kick the can down the road. And I think, but they didn't ask them to take pay cuts there. No, they didn't, and I now they are. I, but I don't think that. Well, with uh, Griffin a little bit, but I don't think that they will. If they restructure Harrison Smith or Linval's contract, my guess is that those guys will end up with as much or more money in their pocket. How many more years? If if you were to do that in the coming years with with those two players who are still very viable good players, how far out would you go with with them before you uh, do a prediction of decline? Like, we know they're not going to be uh, Pro Bowl players for infinity. Sure. But if you were doing, so if you were, were the Vikings and Brzezinski and you went to Spielman and said, let's extend them to redo the cap structure a little bit, how much longer would you project them being viable, very good players? What's really interesting about Linval's contract is that it's basically this year. I mean, after next year, they can get rid of them. Almost no dead cap. How old is he, by the way? He's 30 years old. Okay. If you were to give him a contract extension, that would be taking him through 2023. But if that extension didn't involve more dead money in 2023, then it doesn't really matter. And nose tackles or or three techniques typically go until 34, uh, 35, maybe? A nose tackle, you are pushing it past 33 or 34. Okay. I still consider him to be in his prime, but... I look at 2017 as that will be the best year of his career. Past that, you're getting a good player, but it's probably not quite the level that you got. But he's still very good, and you feel secure with that. But his his cap hit, though, for a nose tackle is outrageous. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you would almost never see this in the NFL for a nose. You would see it for three techniques. But right now, he's set to have a, con, uh, a cap hit of $11 million. I mean that's, but he's incredibly important. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. And There's they no know question that. about that. No question about that. But um, it it could be that they bring back Shamar Stefan to put a little pressure on him. You know, just like to restructure the deal. It is as we're going through these scenarios, I think that that is the most likely that they restructure either Linval, Harrison Smith. The other guy that would be a possibility is Eric Hendricks as well. Yep. Uh, because, you know, five years, 50 million was not really five years, 50 million. Uh, after two years from now, they could cut him and, and move on if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Right now, they can't. But, I mean. Joseph, now, now, what do you think the odds are that they went to him right now and tried to re- restructure him? I think with. And hit, said, you know what? If Kyle's not going to take what we're offering him. Let's go to Joseph. It's hard to say which guy that they would get to do it, but they only need one. Right. Riley Reef, uh, Linval Joseph, I think you're Harrison clearly Smith. Right. Now, the the thing about Kendricks' contract that's really interesting that I didn't realize because I hadn't looked at it closely is that his salary cap number right now is extremely reasonable for a middle linebacker. It's about six and a half mil. But that thing shoots up over the next two years and is set to be. He might not see that. Eleven point six by two thousand twenty-two. I can't see. What's that the happening. penalty if you cut him at that point? If you cut him at that point, it's very very little. It's only okay. like two million. But you know, if you if you cut him after this year, this is, they don't have much leverage with him. So I don't know if he's the guy. If you cut him after this year, it's mm-hmm. it's still a lot of dead cap space. It's really two thousand twenty-one where that contract essentially runs out. That makes some sense, though, Matthew. But he's still pretty young. He's. 
like 26 or 27. So, yeah, anyway, the fact that we have not heard of a cut, the fact that we have not heard of a trade by now shows you to me that they have restructured one of these guys. And then that brings us the question of, okay, like this is the roster now. This is this is what it's going to be. Like they've got Garrett Bradbury. They're not trading one of these guys. So how good is that going to be? Actually, let's come back and talk about that as we wrap up Purple Daily on the all-new Score North. Drama. TCL Broadcast Studios, the all-new Score North on AM 1500. You can find us, of course, all over the place, uh, including on uh, Twitter, where today I I did a... um, I addressed our guy Danny Cunningham about the Wolves... uh, or Danny's hope of the Wolves' luck in the lottery tonight, which, of course, won't happen because it doesn't. Oh, by the way, uh, raised by Wolves from uh, 1 to 2 right here following us. All right, Matthew Collar. Another idea thrown out by a Twitterer, which I didn't necessarily think of mm-hmm. um, but is possible is a contract extension for Trey Waynes. Hmm. They are into keeping the defense together. That is for sure. I, You know what? I have <laughs> I have never considered that. I know. I've always thought but you know what? just odd man out. But actually, you know what? Okay, it's not the dumbest thought by any means. No. Because he's due, what, that fifth year option Nine on, million. on his rookie contract, which by the way is way too much for right now. Yeah, if, I like that. Congratulations. They, That's a good one for If the, they set up a contract extension for him similar to what Anthony Barr's is, they could yeah. lower his cap hit for this year down into the $6 million range, and that would make enough and then go forward with him for bigger money. So let's even say that, Trey, young, yeah. that Trey Waynes is signing a contract extension. If, if, if they were going to do that, they set it up very similar to what uh, Anthony Barr signed for because that's kind of the going rate for an average corner is similar to a, a higher rated linebacker. So Barr's cap hit this year is 5.6. Then it shoots up next year to 12.7. And then even up after that to the $15 million range, he'll never reach the point where his cap hit is $18 million in 2023. Yep. But for the short term for this year, if they signed Waynes to an extension, then I mean, that could work for this season and they could address the salary cap after that. Now, the way that I yeah. see this playing out is Riley Reef is probably playing his last season here, mm-hmm. and then Brian O'Neill will go play left tackle, and they will draft someone else to be a right tackle. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. And then, I mean, I already named you the other guys that they can move on from, including Everson Griffin. I would also guess Everson Griffin is going into his last season as a Minnesota Viking as well, well unless he, he's unbelievable. And this he year. can, if, if he is great, though. He, he triggers outs yes, and can just he, leave, yep, exactly. which I think he might do. Exactly. If he right, if he's fantastic, and, now, if, and now, if not, question he, for you: they can get out of it and earn like eight million dollars in space. As things stand right now, too, that, that this is not the first um, spring in, into summer that we're going to talk about the Vikings cap uh, situation because my understanding is that the cap hell continues into twenty twenty. Where clearly a year from now they are going to be forced to make some of the moves that you're talking about. Yes, yes, and uh, just looking at Everson Griffin's deal right now. If they don't like what they saw after this year, I mean, this is a one-year deal for Griffin. There's no question. Yep. Because next year, he's set to have a $14 million cap hit, yeah. but 13 can be opened up in space if they release him after this year. And like you said, if he hits certain incentives, then his contract voids anyway, and he could become a free agent. I think that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So that's going to be a huge, huge amount of space there. So they could set up these other contracts that have bigger cap hits for next year if they want to, mm-hmm. because they know that Everson Griffin is probably going into his last year here as a Viking, that after this, Reef doesn't have any sort of leverage, that Limbaugh Joseph doesn't have any sort of leverage. And then if Rudolph plays this last year and goes, that's 7.5 mil right there. So they do have flexibility for... uh next season because of a few of those things that they could sign Waynes to a contract extension. The, the the point just being that as much as it was fun to talk about potential trades and you never know with the Vikings, one could still hit us in the face soon. And I'm, I'm completely with you. I want more trades in this league. More trades would be great. And as much as I have had fun talking about potential deals and everything else, it makes so much more sense to do what they have probably done here and just tweak somebody else's deal. Or right. even as the idea came up, signed Wayne's to a contract extension. It makes so much more sense to do that than it does to remove a weapon from Kyle Rudolph. That was the thing or from uh, Kirk cousins with Kyle Rudolph. I could never get my head around that. And Gary Kubiak. How, how could you take away someone from a quarterback who needs as many weapons the, as possible? The reality though, of what you're saying about the contracts going into 2019 too, is this. This is the window for this current group, which has been together for a while, most of it. And if it doesn't work, it's blown up. Like, there will be no third time around for the Cousins Vikings that he signed with. And that's where it will get really, really interesting down the road, is what happens this year will determine whether Kirk Cousins is your franchise quarterback or not. That's a lot of pressure on one season, but that's where we're at. Is yes, if Kirk, absolutely. Yes. If Kirk Cousins goes seven and nine with this team when they drafted four players on over. offense, then they're not going to sign him to an extension. If he goes eleven and five or twelve and four, and they reach the NFC Championship game, and I could see either one of these outcomes. Mm-hmm. If they reach the NFC Championship game, you're talking about Kirk Cousins making thirty-five to forty million dollars on your cap for a long time, and then. Even, then even good luck with that, because this is going to be a conversation every offseason. I think these guys are going to have a big-time eye within the next year or so, though, of trying to take a swing again and trying to draft a quarterback. I really do. I think it I don't all think depends they can, on this year. I don't think that they can really stomach this. They've been so good with that cap, and Cousins' presence screws that up so badly. I I think that internally they're going to say... Everything is in for 2019, and if it doesn't work, we got to restructure it. And people might be gone, 2019 too. 2019 and 2020, yeah. Yeah, but 2020 might be, you can't keep these guys now. Like, there's going to come a time where they just got to go. And Sorry, then, Mike and, Zimmer. And really, after 2020, the way they've timed this out, everybody who has been a star for this team will probably be at the point where they're not anymore. Yep. And we're talking about entirely going like full Seahawks and revamping your roster. Purple Daily, we are done. A special Raised by Wolves with the lottery. That is next right here on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.